Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue our trail walk through the book of Genesis with chapter 3. And we left off in chapter 2 where the garden was created, everything was good, no one felt any shame, and um, everything was all laid out by God, the, the healthy boundaries were set of, you can eat of anything you want in the garden except for this one tree, um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and knowledge in this passage is yada, which means to experience, and God was setting these boundaries so that they wouldn't experience pain along with goodness. Um, so we'll go ahead and continue in chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any tree in the garden? And here he is creating doubt, which is the same thing that the enemy uses today is by creating doubt. And she answers, of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So we're going to pause here. God didn't say that. God did not say or even touch it. That was added in, and if you recall, when God went through the boundaries of the garden, Eve wasn't created yet. She wasn't there. So somebody had to have retold her the boundaries, either God or Adam. We don't know which. It doesn't tell us in Scripture who told Eve the boundaries. But regardless, something was added that God never said. So we'll continue on in verse 4. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So a couple of things here. Um, first of all, Satan said that if she ate of the fruit, she'd become like God. And the crazy thing is, is they were already like God. They were made in God's image. They were recreated like God's image. And the devil creates this doubt, and he still does these things today. Um, his tactics have not changed. They haven't changed at all. And there's there's three pieces to temptation. There's three ways that the enemy likes to tempt us. And he does the same three over and over again. So he says, he'll show us something and say, ooh, look at Look at how good that would be to eat. Look at how awesome this buffet is. We should eat all the food. Like, he he shows us something that's good to eat, and that becomes the lust of our flesh, or something to consume in any way. And then, two, he brings out the lust of our eyes. Like, ooh, look at how amazing this fruit is. This fruit looks so much better than any other fruit. You should really try this fruit, because it's it's better. So we have the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And then the other thing is she wanted to be wise, but she already was wise. She had God. But 
he tried to convince her that if she ate of this fruit, she would become so wise. And he, she, he tempted her with that wisdom, which is the pride of life. And these are the three things that Satan uses time and time again to tempt us. And in Luke chapter 4, it spills out these three temptation tactics and it spills out how to overcome these temptations because Jesus was tempted. And the the way that Jesus overcame the temptations was by repeating scripture back and by countering anything that was bringing forth as a temptation with scripture. So that's why it's important to know scripture and the power that is in the word of God. And the heart of temptation is selfishness and pride. And so Eve, she she had decided that the fruit was going to be good instead of God. So she chose the fruit over God. And then she offers it to her husband who was with her. It says that who she gave some to her husband who was with her right alongside her. And then he was faced with a choice as well. He had to either choose his bride and what she was offering him and join her in this downfall or choose God and obedience to God. And he ultimately decided and chose the creation over the creator. And the moment they ate of the fruit, the principle of death entered the world. So we will continue on in verse 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking around the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called out to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, I, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. So here we have the blame game. <laughs> We're going to pause again. So everyone's blaming everyone, and no one is taking responsibility. And God knew what happened. God is all-knowing and all-present, and he knows everything. We can't hide from God. But yet we oftentimes try again and again when we know we've done something wrong. But God knows everything. He wasn't asking where Adam was because he didn't know. He was trying to give Adam an opportunity to confess and own up to what what had happened. And um, they so instead of owning up to what what had happened, then. They instead just blamed each other instead of confessing their sin and repenting before God. So we'll continue um, then in verse 14. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed. More than all animals, domestic and wild, you will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. So this is a promise. God already is giving them a way out. And this is the promise that a descendant of Eve's will come, and he he will crush the serpent. And he will 
um, crush sin and um, take take sin out and take the serpent out, and he will ultimately win the battle. And this was the first gospel message that a seed of, of Eve's would strike the head of the enemy. And it's a promise that we have hope. Look, I know you guys messed up, but this is our first promise of hope. And God's like, I love you guys. We're going to figure this out. We're going to figure a workaround because um, Jesus is the one that's going to conquer sin. And Satan's head is already defeated right now because God gave Adam. So Adam had to have consequences and face hardships, and he's going to face a lot of hardships, and so will Eve. And um, we're going to have, we all have consequences for our actions, and there are consequences we have to face. But Jesus is coming, and he's telling him, I'm going to give you a promise, a way out. We're going we're gonna to have redemption from this fall, and he's saying that that's going to come. So we have a glimmer of hope in this misery. In verse 16, Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. So we have frustrations entering the world through this sin. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat, until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you are made from dust, and to dust you shall return. So everyone's getting the consequences of their decisions and their choices. And... What sin does is it comes in and it tries to get the good apart from God. And they were meant and created to rule over creation under God, but they allowed creation to rule over them instead and allure them into disobedience. And now they're going to have to experience evil along with the good things. In verse 20, Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So this is the first sacrifice. He he made them clothing from animal skins. And that was God's grace and mercy to give them animal skins to cover cover them and remove that shame from them. And something had to die. Because of that sin, that animal had to die. So there's death already tied to sin to cover the consequences of their sin. So God makes a provision to cover us even when we sin. He still had the mercy and grace and tender love to cover them. In verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take the fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the Tree of Life. So they lost paradise. They were in a perfect garden with God, 
and they chose to choose sin instead, and therefore they ended up banished from the garden. Um, and God, he had to give them consequences for their actions, and Adam and Eve were never cursed. God never cursed Adam and Eve. The snake were cursed, was cursed, and the ground that Adam was going to work on was cursed. But they were going to have to have pain and frustration in all they do going forward because they chose to experience evil as well as good. So now they got to face that consequence of that choice. And God is still, even when we sin or make mistakes, God is gracious and merciful. And he ultimately, he loves us more than anything else. And he knows we mess up because we're human, but he is right there to cover our sins. If we believe in Jesus, we're forgiven. We're forgiven from sins that we did before, sins we did today, and sins we don't even know we did. And we're forgiven from sins that are going to happen in the future that we don't even know about yet. God forgives us and loves us, and he just wants relationship with us and to reign with him and be his sons and daughters. So that is chapter three, where we have the fall of, of man. And when this happened, there was a divide that happened. There was a divide that happened between God and man. There was a divide that happened between man and animal. There was a divide that happened between ourselves, like between their inner souls, man against man themselves. And there was a, a divide that happened between man and earth. So there was a four-way divide that happened when they, when they took the sin um, and ate the apple and, and chose to take their own way rather than follow God's way. So it's so vital to listen to God's word, heed his voice, follow the directions of the Holy Spirit, and know the scripture so we can stand up to sin and fight temptations that come along. And that wraps up chapter three. So I hope y'all are having a most wonderful day.